0: Welcome to Say Hi to Your Pets, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. In this episode, I will be talking about Vince Garaldi. Why are you going to be talking about Vince Garaldi, you might ask? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. Um, especially looking at the past two episodes of this podcast, which were Lake Mungo, a horror movie, and Nocebo, also a horror movie. So in this episode, why am I talking about Vince Guaraldi? I'll say it a second time, I don't know. Well, one reason is um, I was looking at my list of movies I've watched recently and I don't have anything. Um, I get busy, the place I work at is a shit show. Um, I work in a warehouse, it's very busy. And I just, I get home and I want to sleep. And that's just how it goes. And it sucks. Um, I, I was watching the Chemistry lessons, of, lessons from Chemistry show. Is that what it's called? That's not what it's called. Let's check the Excel list. Lessons in Chemistry. Last time I watched it was episode six, Pioro, on December first, twenty twenty-three. It is now the fifteenth as I'm recording this, and we haven't finished it. Uh, we just took a pause. Me and my wife, and she's busy. Like watch, she's she's watching some Filipino show. Um, let me tell. Let me tell. <laughs> let me tell you the, the um the premise of this Filipino show. Um, let me see if I could find the the title. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna get the pronunciation wrong, but it's called Asawa Ko Karibal Ko. Um, international title, according to Wikipedia, is Silent Shadow I don't I don't know why they would call it Silent Shadow and the literal translation is my spouse my rival so um I'm just going to give you a a general gist of the series as I know it so far from from the glimpses that I've seen that my wife has been watching this show there is this guy character he is he I guess he likes men but he's not see I'm already confused I I apologize he's not necessarily I I don't know if he's gay but he dresses up as a woman and he pretends to be a woman because he wants to be a woman and then he goes on dates with a guy but, he is married to a woman, and he has a, a daughter. So fast, this this show is wacka doodle. Fast forward years, blah blah blah. Spoiler alert for Silent Shadow, A.K.A. Asawako Karibalko. Karibalko. Um. He is now. She has now transitioned to a woman, but the the actress that they got for the part is a woman. Is not a transgender woman. Is a. I'm already in trouble, trying to describe this show, but anyway. So the ex-wife, apparently they think that this woman, or this... uh, Should I erase all of this? Should I just erase this whole thing? This person named Nathan, he took a trip and then allegedly died along with the child. But that was just a fake out because in reality... He took the child and hid away, and then um, transitioned to become a woman. And now the the former wife of Nathan had this boyfriend, but now the boyfriend is now hitting is hooking up with Nathan, who is now a woman named Venus, and now Venus is competing with his former wife rachel with this guy and rachel has no idea that venus is actually nathan rachel's former husband this show is wackadoodle although you you have i had to admit it's it's interesting um (laughs) <laughs> it, it is interesting, but it is doodle, and I apologize if I misspoke throughout that whole introduction, or if I said a, a, a pronoun incorrectly, I, I apologize. I, I don't mean any um, offense, I was just trying to describe the show. I really feel like I should just delete this whole intro, but I'm six minutes in and I'm too lazy, so I'm just going to keep going. Anyway... So I'm gonna talk about Vince Guaraldi because I've been listen I've been listening to his music uh, recently. So I just wanted to talk about him for a bit. I don't know what else to. Um, let's see if there's any gaming news. I'm just gonna Google gaming news. Um, Naughty Dog cancels its Last of Us multiplayer game. The last okay. So there's a bunch of headlines saying that Last of Us. Multiplayer game. I did. I. I didn't know there was a a multiplayer game in the works. I'm kind of out of the loop. I just am. Steam drops six free games for you over Christmas. Let's check this out. Um. Do 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 do. William and Sly Classic Edition. Age of Advent. I wonder if I could um add them to my library now let's check it out check to check 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 to check, check it out um, I'm already logged in um, so I'm gonna search William and sly classically cl- I don't I don't even I've never even heard of this game but if it's free okay I'm looking at the video Looks kind of interesting. It looks like a 2D side-scrolling platformer, and a fox is jumping. The graphics look a little retro, but kind of updated as well, so it looks kind of cool. Add to library. Um, I just added it. Can I tell you something? I... (laughs) I purchased a a steam deck and I barely play it and it was very expensive and it's just I'm glad that I have it I like that I have it but um most of the games that I have that I want to play on switch I already have on I mean steam I already have on switch and the fan on the steam deck is really loud so it's like I, I i've barely played it i actually bought it because i wanted to play final fantasy 7 remake on a portable and i was really enticed by it and but but now i'm like why wouldn't i just play it on a huge screen like why why did i do this okay i'm looking at age of advent it looks like a Kind of a... Oh, what the heck? Um, oh, it's four mini games. So I was confused because it started off with like a... Kind of like a match three where they drop. And then all of a sudden it kind of looks like a first person... Almost like a Minecraftian. So it's mini games, but... Add to library. Free. Die in the dungeon. Let's check that out. Die in the. I just bumped the mic. Die in the dungeon origins. Um, it looks like a, a dice rolling game. Already, I'm not too um, intrigued by a dice rolling game. But um, if it's free, we line up. Um, Add to library, Chronicle. I'm not a big fan of the movie Chronicle. Um, it was fine, it was it was not mind-blowing, it was not awesome. I, I don't know how that guy keeps working. Okay, the graphics on this one look kinda not great, but. Add to library, um, okay. Beacon control. You know, one might ask, well, why why are you recording yourself when you're looking on Steam? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think I I put beacon control. It's beacon patrol first horizons. Um. For a relaxing strategy game with endless possibilities. All right. If it's free, give it to me. Is that six? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. That's it. Um. Well, this next article says Steam drops seven free downloads as an early. Um. What the hell? Are all these free? Uh, I'm getting dizzy, so I gotta move on from this. Um, they keep dropping re- like images and videos from Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Can I tell you, folks, I am very excited for this game. I, I am a hardcore um, Final Fantasy VII fan but I gotta tell you I am so exhausted from work that it's hard to focus like and also I need to there's just there's just so much to do there's so much things that I need to do in my life it's like I don't know life is hard folks life is hard um. It, it, right now it feels like I I wish my life was just calm. I wish I I guess I wish I was a kid again with no responsibilities and I could just enjoy life and enjoy things, enjoy hobbies. And as an adult, I feel like you can only enjoy hobbies when everything's everything's set, everything's good. Like your relationships good and on your everyone's healthy and your pets and your parents and your siblings and your friends and family are all healthy and everyone's happy and that's never the case when you're an adult just never ever um, i'm gonna zombie killing simulator it's free I, I should probably stop adding these i i i i'm sure i don't i'm not gonna love all these games so um steam 12 free games you can download for december no subscription needed <sighs> can i tell you something folks so my job like i mentioned i work in a warehouse and it's a shit show um they f- they fired a friend of mine my friend was in a leadership position not high up but higher than me and he's like a lot younger than me so it's one of those like oh you're just a kid but you're my supervisor i i imagine that's gonna happen more and more as i get older but this guy was a really great dude he really cared about um you know the the employees and the people around him and I, I don't know what happened because he he was like a rising star, kind of. Everyone liked him. And then all of a sudden it seemed like everyone was out to get him. Like, write, write him up for this, write him up for that. And it feels like once you get in their crosshairs that it's over. And you know what I've been thinking lately is like, imagine like... The the manager of a McDonald's. The manager of a McDonald's is, you know, the, the manager of the McDonald's, you know. But compared to, like, the the owner of the company of McDonald's, you're still very, very low on the totem pole, you know what I mean? So the managers of this warehouse they're still extremely, extremely low on the t- in the big picture in terms of like you're 80 billion miles away from the owner of the company. You know, but when you get this type of power, even at this level, you abuse it right away, you exploit it right away, and you make bad decisions. And, you know, a lot of people do that. You know, it's there's a reason why a bunch of parents abuse their kids. Because they can. And the kids are helpless. And there's nothing the kids can do about it. And the parents get frustrated over life, over finances, over their relationships. And they take it out. They take out their anger and frustration in any way they can. Which, sadly, is on their kids. So you have people in this in this facility, this building... Where they are exploiting and the tiny, tiny powers that they have in any way they can. There was this learning asshole who came up to me and said, you're pushing the cart wrong. And I was like, well, that, I didn't say this, but I was like, well, that's interesting. Because two weeks ago, the safety department said otherwise. In reality, I just said, okay, whatever. I didn't even say whatever. I just said, yes, sir. And you, the, you know, you know how it goes but these anyone will they will do anything they can to to exert power over others because they can just because it makes them feel a little better about themselves like oh you know my my spouse hates me at home but i'll take it out on the underlings at work you know what i mean so these managers in this warehouse they're extremely extremely low in, the, in terms of the big picture company. But in this warehouse. They have some power. And they exploit it. And it sucks. It's real. I I don't know how these people become managers. They, they are inept. They don't know how to communicate with people. And I, I start to wonder. Why? Why do you care more? About the company and the bosses who are 80 million miles above you, then the actual people who are doing all the hard work for you, like why can't you give us like some slack? Like we are work we are the ones working hard. We are the ones destroying our bodies, our mental health, basically for you, and they still treat us like shit um recently one of the managers yelled at a bunch of new hires because they walked to the time clock literally one minute before they were supposed to clock out and she started yelling she's like i didn't hear what she said but she basically was like clock out now you cannot wait by the time clock clock out now and i'm like this isn't your money they're messing with why are you doing this it's one minute, and these are like new hires. There, there has to be a better way to, than to be yelling at new hires. Like, have some fucking tact, you know? It's so frustrating, this job. And I understand, like, it's very dumb to complain about a job. It's like, well, if you hate the job, just leave. Yeah, I, I know. I get that. I've been there. I, and I should, but um. Uh, I'm just I'm just so old and so tired and my body is broken, my soul is broken. Anyway, let's move on because I'm just going to make myself sad. Um I just bumped the mic cord again. I apologize for that. I apologize for that. Um I'm excited for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. It's when is it coming out? Um February 29, it's coming up, Um, February 29, 2024, Um, December, January, February, that's like two months away, it's two and a half months away, I'm very excited, but I I, I wish I could just take like fucking vacation just to play this game. That was the beauty of when Final Fantasy VII Remake came out. Um, I don't want to get too much into it, but I was in a really, really low spot in my life. Depression was the worst depression I had ever experienced. And I was out of work for a year because I could not function. And it it was at the exact same time that COVID hit. So I wasn't working. COVID hit. I was at home, I had Final Fantasy VII Remake, and this game, like, lifted me out of my depression. And it's not going to be the same again in February 2024. I'm pretty sure not, because I'm old, and I'm going to be working, and I, um... Yeah, should I be complaining about not being able to play a game? Probably not. Probably not. Um... Let's talk about Vince Giraldi. So I I was actually thinking about what what could I um, title this episode. And some of the potential titles were... Let's Get Into the Holiday Spirit. But that sounds too schmaltzy. And another one was... um, Desperate to Get Into the Holiday Spirit. But that just sounds sad. So I was looking on iTunes. I, I, I think I mentioned before that I cancelled my Amazon music um subscription because they were moving they were changing it I, I forget how much it was before, but they were increasing the price to like 1799 between my wife and I, like a family plan for 1799 and I asked my wife about it and she said just cancel it and I agreed I'm like yeah we don't really use it so let's cancel but the weird thing is is that I've randomly I've been hearing random songs have been coming to me like to my brain to my mind just while I'm at work And I start singing it or or humming it or hearing it in my head and I want to listen to it. And that, that was why the Amazon Music subscription was worth it to me because I could basically look up any song I wanted to and listen to it. And that would like fulfill the need to hear that song. And now I can't do that. And lately I've been looking at the iTunes store and I'm like, it'd be cheaper to just buy individual tracks. And I'm not sure if that's true. And I think people have to decide like what what's better for me, paying 15, $17 a month and then listening to me, any song I want to and then not owning it? Or buying music individually? and recently i've been buying music individually but um but i realized that i i kind of burn out easily not to say that i get sick of it but i'm not going to like listen to this well i kind of do listen to the same songs over and over again but recently i purchased boxcar race i feel so by boxcar racer which i put a I recently made a a drum cover of. I purchased Daft Punk Discovery. And I like it, but I don't even listen to all the songs. You know what I mean. It it would have been cheaper if I just purchased a few tracks off of it. I like harder, bester, better, faster, stronger. I like one more time. Actually, I bought it because I saw a video that showed where the samples came from. Um. Let me see one more time, Daft Punk song. It heavily samples More Spell on You by Eddie Johns. And there was a video and and a visual that went along with it that showed where the sample came from. And I was so fascinated by this, but that it influenced me to purchased the whole album and I don't even like every song on the album. By the way, I, I wanted to talk my brain is so dumb. It's so random. Um I want to mention this. What's it called? The I saw a a preview for a movie and it's like a Tubi original and it was one of those like A holiday to be original like a wacky family comedy I guess and it used this track this music track that's been used in a billion things and for some reason I googled the following phrase and I googled Hall of the Mountain King for some reason i I knew the name of the track. I don't know how I knew, but I knew and um, I want you to Google this track um, or in the hall of in the Hall of the Mountain King" is a piece of orchestral music composed by Edward Grieg in 1875 as incidental music for the sixth scene of act two in Henrik Ibsen's 1867 play Pierre Gint Um, this song has been used a million times look look at this um, look at this Wikipedia page it's it's quite involving that's not the right word for it I don't know why I said that But, um, another says that the main function of the composition is to evoke thoughts of naturally King Crimson and unnaturally Pink Floyd. The Who, um, this track has been covered by The Who, I believe. I saw a a cover by Offspring, all right, yeah, Offspring, um. The first time I saw, I remember it, or at least that I can actively recall, is a, a Ritz crackers commercial um, Ritz. from 1990, according to Wikipedia. this this track has been used so much i mean i'm i urge you to just read through this wiki this wikipedia page for um in the hall of the mountain king if you're unfamiliar with the track i'm going to try to hum it now or scat it it goes and it's a great track, but I started feeling a little bummed out because Edward Grieg—he just wanted to make some good music for this play, right? And now this this track—I'm glad that people like it and appreciate it, but at the same time, this track has been bastardized. Like it's—it was like I said—it's it was used for a Ritz commercial. It's now being used for a to-be-original holiday offering. You know what I mean? And I don't. I don't know if Edward Grieg wanted that or deserves that. Um, there's also this song. Um, well, there's a ton of, you know. It's it's like Beethoven's um, ninth, or I think it's ninth. Um, <laughs> these they these are just cla- or composers who just wanted to make music, you know, Ugh. I'm so tired, folks, I'm sorry, I just, um, all right, what were we talking about, oh yeah, Vince Caraldi. so, Anyway, I was looking at iTunes. There was a, I was looking through the holiday offerings. There was like great holiday albums for for great prices. And one of them was Charlie Brown's holiday hits, Vince Guaraldi trio. Let me see. Um, Charlie Brown's holiday hits. So this is a compilation album by jazz pianist Vince Guaraldi, credited to the Vince Guaraldi Trio, released by Fantasy Records in 1998. And um, here's the tra- here's the track. Here is the track list: Joe Cool, Air Music, Heartburn Waltz. Which for some reason reminds me of the theme from Rosemary's Baby. Track Meat, which I really love. I'll get to that. Camp Town R- Races, Oh Good Grief, Charlie Brown theme, Schroeder. Charlie's Blues, Great Pumpkin Waltz, Thanksgiving theme, Linus and Lucy. Christmas time is here vocal. Christmas time is here instrumental. Um It's a great album. Um I don't I don't, I am not sure of the rules of playing music on a podcast. I imagine it's like illegal or you have to give some You know, some royalty or, you know, there's some legal things you have to consider. But uh, anyway, that's the album that basically led to this podcast episode. I also purchased um, not the whole album, but just Cast Your Fate to the Wind. I bought that track. And then I also bought a Charlie Brown Christmas album even though I have it on a cassette tape. Why do I have it on cassette tape? I don't know. Last year or before that, I purchased a cassette player, I think because of Guardians of the Galaxy. Sometimes I purchase random things because I'm trying to fill the void. And I bought a couple of cassette tapes, one of them was Charlie Brown Christmas and I I took a video of it last year I was playing music on the cassette player and I took a video of it and posted it on Instagram and um, last year can I tell you something folks I, I I always try to get into the spirit of things, and I never do. And I've talked about it before, but I tried to get into the Halloween spirit. Didn't come. I tried to watch a bunch of horror movies. Didn't happen. Halloween came and went. I briefly tried to get into Thanksgiving spirit. Not really. You know, we ate dinner. It was happy times, but... Came and went And here we are on December 15th And um, Same thing And Last year I remember Last year it was memorable In how terrible it was It's sad that you remember The terrible ones right I don't remember any of the good ones Well actually I remember one good one It was my parents, my brother and his two kids, me and then our two dogs, Coco and Caillou and my two cats, Spike and Mickey, all four of them now passed. That's a bummer, ain't it? And that was a good one. I remember that one. And then last year was um, I, had, uh, I had COVID and I was quarantining and I was FaceTiming my wife who was 10 feet away but she, I was staying in the room and she was outside. And it, it, it was bad but then she got COVID so it was us two and then my mom made made food for us, and then she like left it out of outside of the room door. I don't know. It's just rough stuff, you know. It it was bad but good, you know. And I don't want to get too schmaltzy about it, but why is it we always remember the bad stuff? You know. I don't know. Um. Sorry, folks. I just went down a trip down memory lane for a minute. Um. I'm look. There is a there is an album called "Linus and Lucy: The Music of Vince Guaraldi." By George Winston, released in nineteen ninety six. I. I don't know if I'd want to listen to this. Um no no offense to George Winston but I don't know I just if I want to listen to Vince Guaraldi I'd want to listen to Vince Guaraldi you know you know what I mean I guess that's upsetting for George Winston to hear No offense George Winston So let let me tell you something about this um uh, track meat. So according to the Wikipedia page it says track meat is a variation of Christmas is coming. Uh, I'm very confused by this because track meat actually is an early variation of what Geraldi ultimately decided to call Christmas is coming done with a heavy bossa Nova twist. The liner note claimed that Gerardi wrote all the tracks, but he also can't take credit for "Camp Town Races." And that doesn't make sense, as mentioned rate. Early... Okay, I just I've, I've I just got I just understood it. So I was confused because it said "Track Meet" was a variation of "Christmas Is Coming." and christmas is coming is on charlie brown christmas and it's essentially the same tune but it's it's more piano heavy and then track meet is more bossa nova so i googled christmas is coming and what shows up is john denver and the muppets and i kept thinking is this some is this some sort of arrangement cuz i'm not hearing it and um, so obviously, now now I understand. The John Denver and the Muppets Christmas is Coming has absolutely nothing to do with track meet, a.k.a. Christmas is Coming from a Charlie Brown Christmas. I just got it. I don't need it explained anymore. I apologize. Thank you. Um, let's look at uh, Vince Guaraldi. Let's look at his Wikipedia page. Uh, Vince Anthony Garaldi DeLaglio, Delaglio was an American jazz pianist best known for composing music for animated television adaptations of the Peanuts comic strip. His compositions for the series included their signature melody Linus and Lucy, and the holiday standard, Christmas time is here. He is also known for his performances on piano, as a member of Cal Jader's 1950s ensembles, and for his own solo career. His 1962 composition, Cast Your Fate to the Wind, became a radio hit and won a Grammy Award in 1963 for Best Original Jazz Composition. He died of a sudden. Oh, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Geraldi was born in San Francisco's North Beach area, a place that became very important to his blossoming musical career. Um, I don't want to just read Wikipedia, even though the last 30 seconds I was just reading from Wikipedia. But here we are. Um, His last name changed to Geraldi after his mother, Carmela Marcelino, divorced his biological father, whose last name was Delaglio and married Tony Garaldi, who adopted the boy. Um, hold on. He graduated from Lincoln High School and briefly attended San Francisco State College and served in the United States Army as a cook in Korea from 46 to 48. See there, there's nothing about his um There's nothing about his i I'm I'm always I'm on un- interested in people's education. And Oh here. All, all it says is Lincoln High School and San Francisco State College. And it doesn't say, oh, he studied music here, he did it da 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 da. da. Uh, maybe he has a biography out. Um, his first recording was an unreleased demo made with Tom Hart in mid 1951. Um, Cal Cal Jader Trio, do, do, do. Hungry Eye Jazz Club in San Francisco, backing the singer Faith Winthrop. All right, so there was um I I wanted to read about his education and I can't find anything, unfortunately. Uh, um I'm exhausted, man. So the interesting story about um how he got into peanuts was cast your fate to the wind this was really interesting to me because vince Caraldi was just a pianist and, and and composer and he he released or fantasy records released cast your fate to the wind as the b-side of the bossa nova flavored samba de orpheus single However, U.S. radio DJs preferred the more accessible, catchy Cast Your Fate to the Wind, propelling it to number 22 on the Billboard Hot 100 pop chart and number 9 on the Easy Listening chart. In an effort to exploit the unexpected popularity of the song, fantasy retitled Jazz Impressions of the Black Orpheus as Cast Your Fate to the Wind for future album pressings. So first of all... I thought it was interesting that you know Vince Guaraldi was a pianist and composer who released a a a jazz song like on the radio. And I'm sure it still happens now but you know it, in my limited knowledge of of music and th- and things I don't I can't I couldn't name well first of all I, I can't name any of the top musicians now cuz a lot of them are like pop hip hop rap um there's a bunch of young people at my work and they have their earbuds in even though it's a safety violation and I ask them what are you listening to and every time they tell me an artist that I had never heard of I couldn't even recall them now it's just I'd never heard of them so like you know I'm just getting old and my nephew mentioned um, a girl named Lao Fei who I was not familiar with but she she has a big following and um I guess she, she she has from the limited like my nephew showed me a song or played me a song and he was arguing that like people are saying that she's not jazz but she is jazz and she's doing like it's like a new version da, 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 da. so I'm sure there are jazz or jazz influenced artists out there you just not I just wouldn't have heard of them so I thought it was interesting that Vince Garaldi had this track on the radio it's and it's it sounded so simple like oh I made a track called cast your fate to the wind and it's on the radio so here is the peanut story according to this wikipedia page peanuts peanuts executive producer Lee Mendelson cited cast your fate to the wind as the tune he heard on the radio that prompted him to commission Garaldi to compose music cues for the 1963 documentary A Boy Named Charlie Brown, which was ultimately not broadcast due to a lack of sponsorship. The resulting album, Jazz Impressions of a Boy Named Charlie Brown, proved to be popular enough to retain Garaldi's services for a Charlie Brown Christmas. The collaboration between Garaldi and the entire Peanuts franchise lasted until Garaldi's death in 1976. Cast Your Fate to the Wind has been covered by many artists in a wide range of genres, including both male and female solo vocalists. Pope. Oh my God. Pope. Pop, folk, and rock groups, as well as many instrumental performers. I also think it's... The song, Cast Your Fate to the Wind, is is great. I love it. And it's weird because I I listen to that song now and it sounds so much like Peanuts. And I know the the obvious response to that is like, well, duh, Cast Your Fate to the Wind was written by Vince Guaraldi who wrote Peanuts. But it feels like Peanuts before Peanuts it's 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 hard to explain but you listen to like lee mendelson i i guess it's hard to explain but whatever lee mendelson found or heard in cast your fate to the wind was so interesting how how however that works but there there's a playfulness to cast your fate to the wind where it it so- it sounds like peanuts I, I know I'm not I just hit the my chord I know I'm not explaining it right but it just sounds like peanuts before peanuts and it it is literally peanuts before peanuts um if that makes any sense at all but another thing that I find interesting is that i'm i'm disc- i discovered Vince Gradi like later in my life and I, I grew up in the 80s and 90s and I don't have nostalgia for the Peanuts music because the Peanuts TV specials were never a part of my childhood. I, I To this day I haven't seen any of them and I believe I looked on my Amazon account and I purchased in like 2014. Um, the uh, this peanuts DVD um, let me see oh, P uh, I I I purchased the peanuts movie I don't I didn't finish it so in 2000 December 29 2014 I bought this DVD it's a 1960s collection it has a Charlie Brown Christmas, Charlie Brown's All Stars, It's the Great Pumpkin, You're in Love, He's Your Dog. It was a short summer. I haven't watched any of those. It was just never part of my childhood. Um, although I will say that I I went to knots as a child, so I I grew up in California. Still in California now. So I went to Knotts as a kid, so I was familiar with with Snoopy and stuff. And I was obviously—I um, don't remember the first time I heard Linus and Lucy, but it's like ingrained in your brain and your ears. It's everybody's probably heard it, but um, but the, I but the music was never part of my childhood, not that I can remember. I associate Peanuts with knots, even though it's, it's not like Disneyland and Mickey Mouse, you know what I mean? It's not like, it's different, but it's just funny how I'm, I discovered Vince Guaraldi as an kind of older human. And I really appreciate his music, and he is a, a genius and one of the greats. I can, I'm at the 50 minute mark, like I, I can't believe how much I talk, like, well, albeit most of it is me stuttering and trying to catch my breath and, and explaining how tired I am. Let me briefly just mention um, his death because it's very sad. Um, um, Garaldi died suddenly on February 6, 1976 at age 47 after suffering a massive heart attack. The evening before, he had dined at Mendelssohn's home and was reportedly not feeling well, complaining of indigestion-like chest discomfort. He was about to do his first cruise. He'd be able to play Peanuts music on the ship, and he was excited about that. Oh, Oh, can you imagine going on a cruise? And and fucking Vince Guaraldi would have been there playing Peanuts music. I'm about to cry right now thinking about it. (sighs) We talked about the cruise and the Peanuts shows, and I said that I didn't know what the next one would be yet, but that that we wouldn't start until he got back. But he also said he wasn't feeling well and had gone to see the doctor. The doctor thought Vince might have a diaphragmatic hernia and that they might have to deal with it. Um following morning, he had awoke uh, with a bad cold, remained in bed throughout the day. He finished recording the soundtrack for... He was super sick. And that afternoon, he still finished recording the soundtrack for It's Arbor Day, Charlie Brown, at Wally Heider Studios in San Francisco. Um... He, was com- he complained that his stomach was bothering him. That evening, he concluded the first set at Butterfield's nightclub in Menlo Park, California, with his interpretation of the Beatles' Eleanor Rigby. Um, Vince was feeling sick to his stomach. He got up to go to the bathroom and went down on the floor. I tried to bring him around, but wasn't successful. It happened so fast. Vince headed for the bathroom but never made it. When Vince fell and hit the floor, Jim Zimmerman got me. We went back and tried to revive him, but it didn't work. It is very romantic to think of something of someone going out just after they play. I wish he hadn't. Ugh Um Ugh. Sorry for the silence. I, I guess that was a... A, um, a moment of silence for Vince Guaraldi. Um, Vince Guaraldi died in 1976, which was nine years bef- before I was born. So I guess I, sh- I, sh- I can't be too sad about it. But um, that sucks. He was 47. I imagine he was... I mean he was he was recording and performing on the day he died at age 47 so I, I I would assume that he was at the top of his game when he died and that really sucks um it's arbor day charlie brown i, I wonder what i wonder if what's what that's about um it's Arbor Day, Charlotte Brown was the last Peanuts special to feature original music composed by Vince Guaraldi except, where noted, who was best known for the Peanuts' signature tune, Linus and Lucy. 47-year-old Guaraldi died suddenly several hours after completing the soundtrack for this special. With the untimely death of Guaraldi, later Peanuts' animated special Lack, the same jazzy musical Socor as previous entries as such. It's Arbor Day, Charlie Brown is seen by some fans as the swan song of the golden era of Peanuts animation. In addition, it was the first Peanuts special since Charlie Brown's All-Stars that was not conducted and arranged by John Scott Trotter, who had died in 1975. Um, I wonder why... I wonder why they wouldn't continue the jazz tradition in future, um, Peanuts animations. Like, why not just, maybe they didn't want to copy Geraldi? I don't know, but, um, no, oh, that's, that's a real bummer. Let's see, he was born in 1928? Um, let's <laughs> Let's see how old he would be today. Uh, Nineteen twenty-eight. He'd be ninety-five. So he pro- he he might have died by now. Although he died. Uh, what what am I talking about? God damn it, Edmund! Shut the fuck up. Um. So Vince Carraldi was one one of the greats. Briefly, I want to mention Albert Haig... Maybe I should make an episode about him, but he did the music for um, for how the Grinch stole Christmas, and um, he's he's. I just wanted to mention him because I was thinking about him as well. So that's that's all I got. I'm at the fifty-six minute mark. I, I apologize. I know a lot of this podcast is me, like, stuttering and going, um, and some just, you know, long stretches of silence, but I'm just very tired, and I'm trying to catch my thoughts up, and I guess I just find it difficult, and I could go back and edit it, but um I'm just i'm not going to i'm just gonna go say go ahead and say that i'm not going to um but check out vince growley like he he makes me want to learn like piano i wish i could play piano man i'm the piano man i think that was supposed to be i always get confused um between billy joel and elton john to this day i still I still get confused. That's Billy Joel. Um, that's all I got. I encourage you to seek out the Vince Guaraldi catalog. He was a genius. Gone far too soon. Died, I believe I'm going to say this, a third, maybe a fifth time. Died at age 47. Way too young. And but but look like 2023 people are still listening to his music. I'm talking about him on a podcast. Um, his music, his spirit lives on. Check out "Cast Your Fate to the Wind." I want to check out the rest of that album, and I want to check out the um, whatever the the other side, the um, Samba de Orpheus. I'm always impressed when someone's work lives long after they're gone it's always impressive because you got to think most people that's not the case they just die and are forgotten seconds later that's all I got I hope you are having a, a I hope you are having a a fun and and happy and joyful holiday season. Uh, Take care of yourselves and each each other. Don't abandon your friends to the wolves. Uh, Take care of each other and, and don't fire good people. Don't be a fucking asshole. Um... Thank you for listening and say hi to your pets for me.